Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning, good morning, good morning for everybody. Yes. So I'm going to just kind of bring in through um, Sally and I had some really interesting rooms uh, this week. 
uh, where we got tons and tons and tons and tons of questions about narcissism, um, how to be able to survive from it, but more importantly, how to be able to maneuver during it. Um, it led to an interesting conversation that uh, then followed through this week, uh, attaching to the ego and uh, where our ego actually amplifies us and where it could actually uh, take us off track. So as your behaviorist, uh, I want to be able to unwind for you some of those questions today about narcissism, about the ego, uh, the pros, the cons, and everything in between. So good morning, Tony. Would you like to start us off and welcome the audience? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do this. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Designing Genius Hour. We, of course, are here every Friday from 9 to 10, and then again from 11 to 12 with Amanda and, uh, oh my God, Amelia and Randy. Uh so we're here twice on Friday. So thank you everyone for being here. And of course, today we are going to be talking about uncovering the mind of a narcissist. And yes, uh, Amelia and Sally had a fantastic room on Tuesday talking about this. And we've, we've talked about this on this room as well, I believe two weeks ago, but it is such a deep, uh, a deep topic that we decided to carry it on again to answer some of those questions. Uh, of course, uh, we are also going to be streaming on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Amelia's having some tech issues, so I don't know that uh, she's going to be able to be there, but you could always, I guess, see my uh, my mug on there. But of course, Amelia, just keep trying to get in there. Um, and we, again, are grateful to have you in this room right now. And, uh, and we ask you to share this room, share this conversation with people that are in your that are following you here on clubhouse and of course on social media make sure that you're sharing the video out as well because so many of us deal with a narcissist or someone with the narcissistic tendencies which there is a difference and Amelia will get into that again uh so it's really super important and it's something that we all have to learn how to recognize navigate and deal with so again we are here today to talk about that we encourage you to invite people into this room if you're on clubhouse and if you're not on clubhouse sorry my mic was a little far away from me i hope that the the, the sound was coming in okay uh, just brought it a little closer hopefully that's better so uh invite some people into this room if you're on social media make sure that you're sharing this video bring some people into this conversation because this is how we can truly change the the, the trajectory of somebody's life by giving them perspectives giving them hope giving them inspiration and giving them tips and strategies to, to how to deal with the narcissist or how to deal with different things in our life and designing your own genius and living your life by design not by chance and that's what we do here every friday with amelia antonetti and today of course we have the great uh sally cologne uh here with us as well so uh thank you again for being here and with that let's get this conversation going so we're talking about not so only hang on well, of let course, me grab back the mic okay yeah, that was, yeah, that was, go lots for of it. breathing over there tony hang on um, so let's start from where um, I want to be able to bring in some of the comments that uh, came through the week, because I want people to really understand, A, I'm reading every single comment um, that you guys have lead, whether they come through social media or through email. So I hear you um, and you are seen, heard, and absolutely recognized through this experience. And I want to address off the top, um, and uh, if Tara is there, she may be able to jump in as well, is um, my role as the behaviorist is to help you understand what you can do where you have control in order to move through. And so some of the comments were um, suggesting that I don't understand the pain uh, associated with living through or uh, in response to a narcissism um, and, and all of the, the emotional side of this. I absolutely do. First and foremost, let me let me just state for the record, I understand how hard 
and I understand how painful it is uh, with somebody who's actually clinically a narcissist enters your world because uh, it manages destroys things from the inside out. I get that. I got I got it. My role and my service to you, as much as I would love to be able to share in the experience and the emotion, isn't going to help you figure out what the next right step is. My role and my responsibility is to get you out of where you are stuck uh, in the most painless and seamless way possible. When you're dealing with narcissism, whether it's a narcissistic tendency or an actual narcissist, there is no promise I can make you to tell you that it's not gonna be painful. That would be a bold lie. It is one of those things that transform who you are and who you are going to become. There isn't healing from that as if one day you're gonna to get to skippity doo dah as if it never happened. I don't believe in that. I think that things happen through us and it moves us to a better version of us and oftentimes our purpose and our passion. So I am not making any claims that the pain goes away. And in as we unwind um, the experience of narcissism, is to be able to also touch on the healing process. There is a huge healing process that we need to move through. But in all pain, right, whether it's linked to narcissism or not, all pain requires time, energy, effort, right, and focus. That's what we call it, five areas of focus, in order to heal through it. But the, the myth here is that there's going to be some event and you're going to heal from the pain and you're going to be as you once remembered you were. That is an untruth. That is an untruth. Um, and there is a process of grieving right through the experience because you're changed as you move through pain, not better or worse or good or bad. It transforms us, right? But there is no life that exists without pain. If we had a life that exists without pain, I think we would have a very, very different relationship with love. And so I want you to first and foremost to know you are being seen and you are being heard. And we are rallying the troops with the different geniuses that we have on, on the Designing Genius team to be able to lend in. And so my job as the front dog is to figure out with you where something is rooted in and see where it is serving you, because it's always serving you in some way, shape or form, and where it is actually blocking you from where you say you actually wanna go, and then move and toss you to some of the other experts who can work in releasing and some healing. Um, uh, Tara, just not, whether, I don't know if she's really there or not, has, has lived through uh, the experience of trying to love and heal a narcissist. Um, I believe in my humble opinion, not hers, but my humble opinion, I think that who she is today, that angel-like presence that she has, the healing work that she does for so many, is because she survived through it into a uh, a, 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 a access to, to a higher part of energy. I don't know if it was there before. I didn't know her prior to. I only know her after to. So that may be the story that I tell myself. Um, and so there is a lot of beauty that comes from pain. And so I don't want you to put the mindset of, I'm going to heal from this. I would like you to use the experience of pain to be connect into something that is even more beautiful than you were to begin with. Not saying that it's not painful and that pain is not real. That is not what I'm saying. I'm being misunderstood. It is real. <laughs> it is real. And I've got a boatload 
of experiences that I can, you know, uh, share a bottle of wine and cry our eyes out over. But it has made me a better version of Amelia. Now, would I wish it on anybody else? Absolutely not. I don't think Tara would wish her experience on anybody else, but it's made her right, the incredible individual that she is. Um, Sally and I were bantering as well. There's a lot of us that have had these experiences, and I think this is an opportunity in this room to get some answers uh, answered and solved for people, but more importantly, give them the absolute next right step. So with that, I'm going to take a breath. I want to be able to say that I'm I'm looking here in the chat. Tara, if you are actually there and like to chime in in your beautiness uh, to help round out some of the painful conversations that are going on, I would really welcome you in. Aw, thank you. So anybody who didn't catch that replay, I have to say it was like top, maybe three best rooms I've ever been in uh, with Sally and Amelia. I believe it was Wednesday, right? Sally, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can catch the replay on it. It was, Tony, you were there too. It was Tuesday. It was phenomenal. So we we received so many messages. I get a lot of DMs. And so I'm so glad that you said that, Amelia, because a lot of people are hurting and they don't know how to get out. And that was my biggest struggle. So I encourage you guys to keep sending messages if you're not comfortable coming on stage, but you really want an answer to something. Amelia is definitely the person to ask. So please, my DMs are open while she carries this conversation. If you want to ask a question, you're not you know, quite comfortable putting it on in the chat or speaking up, just send me a DM and I will give it over to her. Try not to send it to her because her inbox is like overloaded, but you can definitely send it to me or Tony or any of the G100 ladies here. Um, Amelia, I absolutely agree with you 100%. It was, it's still painful sometimes, but that pain actually has unlocked a lot of my gifts. And so I am super grateful for it, which a lot of people don't understand, but it has allowed me the opportunity to help other people through that journey because it is long it is exhausting it is debilitating sometimes there was times i'd look at myself in the mirror and even know who i was anymore um so i encourage you all to to reach out if you feel stuck and i'm looking forward to this conversation because that one on tuesday guys was like the bomb it was incredible and by the so way let me if sp- you're if, oh, let me just say if you're listening and watching on social media you can also post your question there because i can read them on my screen and i will pass them along so just wanted to throw that in as well. So back over. Awesome. Thank you. So first of all, let's address the uh, Linda. Thank you very much for uh, putting a question in the chat between the difference between an actual narcissist and narcissistic tendencies. Um, A clinically diagnosed narcissist is really far and few between for several reasons. First and foremost, somebody who's actually a narcissist doesn't think there's anything wrong with them. So they're not going to get clinically diagnosed right? So they're not volunteering for that, for that. So we don't have a lot of information um, in that bucketing per se, because there isn't really a willingness to want to do anything about it because they think all of us have the problem, not them. So clinically diagnosed, we don't have a lot of data on that. But what we do know about narcissism is it's like any other uh, birth defect or disease is that there's actually something missing and miswired in the brain. Um, the easiest way to try to understand this, if you're not familiar, and I don't want to get into the clinical side too much, um, is that as humans, part of the things that make us human is that we are wired, right, through our sympathetic nerves, right, right? We are wired, right, to be sympathetic and empathetic towards others. Um, it's part of what makes us human. Um, when you do not have it, right? and or you do not have it wired correctly, 
what comes of that is you have no ability or a very limited ability to empathize with anyone else. You become extremely eye-centric because the only thing that exists in your mind is me, myself, and I. So whatever somebody else is trying to say, do, needs, whatever, you just don't have any compassion, sympathy for that because it's landing on a dead zone in your brain. That is why my number one message, and we've gone through this many, many, many times, my number one message to you is it doesn't matter if the person is a narcissistic, right, narcissist by clinical or has found the narcissistic behaviors and tendencies that are a way to survive, it doesn't matter what's going on on their end. What happens is you are being the recipient of it. So the first step out is to stop your story that you're going to fix it, change it, or make it better. You cannot. You have no power in anything outside of you, none. So this is no different than somebody who's an addict. As much as we want to love them into recovery, we have no power there. We have no power when we sit before a friend, right, who is in agony and pain, and the next obvious step is clear to us and not clear to them. We can only be supportive. We can't actually make the change for them. For those people that are parents, how many times do we want to jump in our kids' lives and help them do it for them? The reality is we have no power there. So first and foremost is to be able to identify what is rooted within you and what is in somebody else's work to do. Now, where you do have power is no matter what is happening in the world, there is always something that you could be doing differently to lead to a different result. Always, 100% of the time as your behaviorist, I am here to tell you with 100% conviction, there is always something you can do differently. Now, what to do differently becomes the mystery because when we are married to the story that we are living or the stories that have happened to us, we are married to the story and cannot see the other options. Hence, boom, that's where I come in, is to open up doors to different possibilities for you to choose what works right for you. I'm gonna take a pause right there to see if there's any questions, because first and foremost, I wanna make sure that we are understanding the difference between narcissistic tendencies and narcissist, but the purpose of this conversation is not to fix them, it is to be able to move us through. Well, that's great, and you know, not only to move us through, but to how to handle them, right? Because sometimes that narcissist is somebody, it could be a parent, it could be, uh, it could be even a child, uh, so not necessarily somebody you can cut out of your life. So what's the best way to, to, to deal and manage them while we hear, while we wait for some questions to come in? Well, I would, first and foremost, I, I don't subscribe to the thought that I cannot remove somebody from my life. I don't believe in that. I, I hold no weight into that whatsoever. You have the choice in anything and everything and anything in between. You have the choice to absolutely remove somebody from the, your life, even if they happen to be somebody that you love or your family member or children or whatever. There is always, always a choice, always. Because here's what we know for a fact. 
for a fact, just because somebody is a family member does not mean that they get a free ticket to come in and abuse you all over town. They don't. Family members, right? Once you are out of, let's say, your formative early years of development as an adult, right? So I'm going to say you're somewhere around 18, early 20s. Once you receive uh, your life to there, right? So once you get to that point in life, you then, in a healthy manner, start living by what your minimum standards are. You start living by your choices, your core values, and taking the responsibility of those choices. If you are then coming come into awareness that there is somebody in your life that is not right beneficial for you, not working for you, not going where you want to go, and you are fully responsible on your own, now, this is where there's a every time I work in the Gary Vee audience, right, I have to be able to say, if you are not completely independent and responsible for your own life, then there's a different set of rules. But if you are 100% out on your own, then you design your life for you. That does not mean you must have a relationship with family members because they're family. They don't get a free pass right? You have to live based on your standards. I absolutely have had periods of time in my life where I was no longer, right, closely in knit in sync with family members because they had work to do and I cannot love them more than they love themselves. It's not a trade. You can't love somebody into recovery. You can't love somebody into healing, right? And so removal of the gift of you sometimes, not always, sometimes is the wake up call that they actually need. Not always, but sometimes. So let's release from the fact that there's some small group of people who automatically get permission, right, to treat you like shit. No, they do not. Everybody works based on your minimum standards and you have to define what those things are and hold tightly to them. You cannot maneuver your minimum based on individual circumstances. It is all or not. You live by your values or you don't live by your values. These are tried to the people who try to tell me I cheat at work, but I don't cheat in my personal life. That's bullshit. If you cheat, you cheat because you have justified cheating in your head. You've justified the story that says under these circumstances, I can behave poorly. That same people who go, what stays in Vegas, go happens in Vegas, goes in Vegas. No, if you act like a, a hoodlum, in a city, then you have tendencies to act like a hoodlum because you justify the story versus so being purposeful, saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is how I want to show up in the world. And in order for me to show up as the best Amelia, here are the minimums in order to have a relationship with me. And I use them as rings. You don't have to do it as rings. I have it as rings. I have a very, very close, close ring of circle that lives by the highest benchmarks to get close to me. And then I loosen them up a little bit in the next ring and I loosen them up in the next ring and then I loosen them up in the next ring. How you show up and treat me dictates, you dictate your relationship with me, not me. The way you behave dictates how close of the rings you're gonna get to me. And so I have to have that clarity or your toxicity or your uh, less of development is going to take me off course and nothing is going to take me off course on who I want to be and my purpose to be here. Um, and, and that's the baseline of this conversation. Now what I want to be able to unwind for you is what happens when 
a uh, person of either massive ego or nar narcissistic tendencies comes in and rattles that tree for you, right? What is actually happening? What is happening that you can control? What can you do? What, what is the awareness and the learning and the growth that is happening for your side? I can explain their side all day long. I don't know if that's gonna be helpful for you. What I'd like to do is explain for you what's happening on your side so that you can move through. And again, we've got a lot of people here on stage that have actually come through these experiences. Now we all come through them differently, um, but the tools from the experience could be helpful for somebody here. Let me also put one boundary and guideline into this conversation as we move through. Um, one of my should and should nots in my world is I do not allow people to speak advice. You have no idea what you would do in somebody else's shoes. That advice literally hurts people. What I'd like you to do is to speak from your experience. From my experience, this was the situation. This is what I saw, because you always see things different, right? The hindsight is 2020, right? This is what the situation, this is what I saw, this is what I did, and this is now what I know from the experience. If you stay speaking from your experience, you're adding an enormous amount of value to the listeners. If you start speaking from advice, I'm going to cut you off because advice is actually damage. I love that. I think you're absolutely right. So I'm a couple comments from from uh, from the chat, and I will say that you know you're right. You know, and, and I, I I asked that question because so many people think that the reality is, you know, uh, narcissists just like anyone that's negative in your life. It's like it's the toxicity. You've got to just take in a low doses. You can go to to a dentist and get an X-ray. It's not going to kill you. But if you stand around all day, it's going to hurt you. Same thing with negative people. If you don't want to cut them off completely, not just because I agree with you, you can cut them off. But if you don't want to cut them off completely, just limit your exposure to them because the longer you're around them, the more toxic they are. Now, a couple of things that uh, that uh, that are in the chat right now. Vanessa said that she was raised by one and then she married one. Uh, and so there's still people that are stuck in these relationships, right? Uh, but I, I and I agree with you completely that we're always constantly training people how to treat us based on what we allow them to do, say, or act. And oftentimes people have that already have narcissistic tendencies go even further because you've given them permission to treat you that way or because you stay or you allow it or whatever it is. So for the people that are are are, again, still in it, what uh, you know, and I've got so many things here. Um, so that, let's start with let, let, Tony. Let's let's start that first. Again, acknowledgement is is so critical uh, in the healing journey. Okay, and so I just want to land this knowledge nugget um, because she was saying my dad was a narcissist and then I married a narcissist. Okay, so let's hear what's really being spoken, right? And so first and foremost, in any healing process. Um, what people need more than anything else is a witness. If, if you want to be a contributor to world healing, being a witness goes so far because we get into dialogues of fault finding and proof and evidence and validate for me that what you're saying is true, right? So when somebody confesses a pain point, the first thing to do is to stop and be a witness, to witness the pain. You don't have to understand the pain. 
You don't have to justify the pain. You don't have, you don't have to do any of those things other than stop and understanding. And so first and foremost, the journey of being raised by a narcissist and then choosing a mate who also was similar makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense because we duplicate what we've known. Right. So that makes total sense. Now the pain in reflection must be enormous because once you start to see, then you go, oh my gosh, how can I possibly have done that? Oh my God, it seems so obvious. Right. And that's that self beating up of self, which is actually putting salt in the wound. It was already hurtful. It was already hurtful in the second choice. And then the reflection backwards, right, is where we put ourselves in prison for life. We literally put ourselves in prison for life. We punish ourselves so that true. we're right. Somehow we're supposed to know better. <laughs> How are we supposed to know better? How possibly are we to know better if we are only shown one thing? So first and foremost, I'd love to give a, give her a huge hug to say, "Girl, you're doing just fine. You're doing just fine, and you're growing." into a place that is going to be more than amazing. Amen. I, my father was actually a narcissist, Amelia. And so that is so bang on. I just went to what is familiar to me and what is known and what I thought was normal until I realized how <laughs> normal it was. I do want to get to Musa because I don't know. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, sweetheart, but he's down at the very bottom. If you scroll to the bottom, he has a question for you. Yes, please welcome him in. Musa. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome. And your what is your question? Your question? No, actually, uh, that was not uh, a question. I was trying to ask, like, uh, does anyone believe in that, that uh, we can uh, transform our pain, you know, into uh, tension? Like, uh, do you believe in that uh, uh, content? Like, it can be transformed into uh, attention. Yes. Yes. Your response to anything, whether it's good or bad, right? Your response to anything can absolutely be transformed. And what we're talking about is if everything is energy and your response is energy, you can move that energy anywhere, anywhere you choose. And that's a practice. That's an act, absolutely just a practice. Um, it is a few levels up um, in a practice because step one is awareness, right? So there's A-W-A, awareness, then will, and then action. And why awareness is so important is most of us, just jump to action. Something happens and we react. And we don't think about the awareness of what is happening because remember what you think is happening is never what is happening, right? That's why everybody can go see the same movie and walk away with an entirely different experience. What's happening for you is not what's happening for everybody else. You have to remove your ego from that thinking equation. When you think that what is happening for others is what's happening for you, that is your ego. And that ego is trying to protect your story. 
That's why it's there. It's trying to protect you because the ego is what's trying to assure you that you are certain and you are strong and you're going in the right direction. That's all ego, 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 ego. That's what it's doing. Now, there's some great things about that. And then there's some not so good things about that. You have to be able to come into awareness and learn the practice to say, what is happening for me right now? And what is happening outside of me in the other people? The only way to know what's happening for somebody else is to learn, we call them communication starters, you can call them whatever you'd like to call them, is order to fact find what is happening for somebody else. So in one of the statements, I can't remember, when, when, when something is intense, right, when something is going on, right, where your reaction is you wanna be able to push back, is to actually pull in, to say, wow, it seems like you're, 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 you're hurting or you're ups you seem to be upset. What do you need from me right now? Instead of me going to my default position, which is to defend my position, which is what we normally do in conversations, is to flip it around, put your side of it on hold, not what you think is happening, and fact find on what the other person thinks is happening. Because oftentimes when you understand what they think is happening, you immediately defuse the conflict by shedding light to say, well, that's not what I think is happening. Because most people only have the skill set to react. That's all they've learned is how to react, how to react, how to react. And they spend their entire journey of this life reacting to what happens outside of self. As your behaviorist, my greatest gift to you is to take that journey inward and to no longer react to anything outside of you and to stay the course on what you have designed for you by you. That was the entire intention of designing genius was to teach you how to do that. Now, as you travel an inward journey, all responses outside will respond differently. As you change, the world changes. Is that landing for people today? I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And by the way, I, I, I got to repeat this because this was a comment that was in chat. Uh, it was by Tarika Simmons. She says, I don't know why more people aren't in this room. I get so much great <laughs> stuff from Amelia Antonetti. She makes things, she makes, uh, things make sense. I hope she never retires. Uh, because I'm going to be up Shit's Creek. <laughs> so I think that's great. Thank you, Tarika, for that. And while I have the mic, it is the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to do a quick room reset and just thank everyone for being here. We have a great room this morning here on Clubhouse. We have 288 people. 244 people have shared this room. We encourage you, of course, to continue to share this room. Uh, light up that algorithm on, if you're here on Clubhouse with us. Hit the little box with the arrow on the bottom. Say something nice about the room, something that you've learned and heard from uh, or, or got, gotten from it. Share this room. Ping people in that you know could and should be here uh, because perhaps they're dealing with the narcissist. Maybe they've got narcissistic tendencies and they can learn to also recognize that in themselves and work on that improvement because personal development's where it's at. And of course, if you're watching us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or YouTube, make sure you share this video and make it go viral. Of course, Amelia isn't gracing the camera with us today, so you're stuck with just my face. Nevertheless, you 
can still hear Amelia coming through uh, my microphone, and uh, we are grateful to have you here. And yes, uh, everything that's being shared here is gold because we all, like I said, deal with narcissism. Somebody uh, earlier on in the chat says, why are things kind of going crazy in today's society? And that's because people aren't listening and people are more self-centered and kind of pulling things to themselves. And we're, we're just in, in that time. So perhaps that's something you can speak to as well, Amelia. Uh, and yeah, this is a great conversation. And again, so much gold dropped here. And I, indeed, I agree with you, Tarika. Uh, uh, so many more people should be here. So let's be part of that. And let's bring more people to this conversation. Let's crack this room over 300 or even 400. Let's see, we can do it. And uh, again, because the more people we reach, the more of an impact, the more influence we have in the world. So with that, uh, back over to you, Amelia. So let me answer that question of what's really going on. Um, we are in the greatest moment of uncertainty that I know in my adult life. We are all living in massive, massive amounts of change, changing of the guard of power between companies and now the rise of the remote worker, changing of how we relate and build our communities, how we relate as individuals. Everything has changed. And in change, in uncertainty, people hold tighter, tighter. And so what you're feeling is the death white knuckle grip that everybody has gotten on. They hold tighter. Now, in the holding tight, you have to realize what you're actually doing. You're holding tight to the story and the belief that got you here today, right? We all had to believe something to get where we are at this moment. And in holding tight to those things, some of those things have worked for us and some of these things have not. But in the time of crisis, right? I've spent 35 years in crisis management. In crisis, people hold tight. And because they believe that if anything that they're holding tight to, if any of it proves to be untrue, the house of cards will fall. And so nobody is going to lean in to say, oh yeah, let me a whole life fall apart, right? They're not gonna do that, right? They're afraid. And so what you're feeling right now more than anything else is fear, fear. What if it's gonna get worse? What if it's gonna get bad? What if I'm gonna lose my job? What if I'm gonna lose my marriage? What if I'm gonna lose my kids? What if I'm gonna lose my income? What if I'm gonna go? That is where the society is right now is in the mindset of loss and fear. And so understanding that as you try to move through even simple moments in time, you are navigating through sludge. The negativity, remember, energy creates energy. So negative energy create, bumped against negative energy creates more negative energy. And so you are a being right now going, why does everything feel so tight? The whole world feels like it's tightening in on me. That's because you're moving through negativity, negative energy, and a negative belief system of everything is going to be on doomsday. And so you're trying to survive your little light. This little light of mine is trying to survive through darkness. Does that help anybody? That was fire. We do have another question, Amelia. If you Go scroll down to the bottom, I think it's Dijon. I hope I pronounced I that properly, sweetheart. If you want to unmic and ask your question. Good day, everyone. Thank you for allowing me to ask my question aloud. I put it in the bag chat thinking that it was going to be responded to, but uh, I appreciate you allowing me to ask it. 
I was just simply wondering if there is a specific way to communicate with the person that may be of a grandiose narcissistic type or of a vulnerable narcissistic type. And the reason I ask that is because I was wondering if the vulnerable type, if they can have, just with my comprehension of what narcissism is, if they can have a, uh, I guess, a better relationship with a person, not, not romantic, but just dealing with people in general, when, as far as my comprehension of vulnerable narcissism, when they are maybe, and I don't know if they do this, but as far as my comprehension of what the vulnerability in them causes is from childhood. And I'm wondering if that's just a momentary type situation, excuse me, and if for most of the time they're not acting within a narcissistic standpoint when dealing with people. Like, is it just something momentary or is it, you know, something that a person such as myself would have to deal with all the time when communicating with the person that you feel has certain narcissistic tendencies? That's an excellent, excellent question. It it really is a great question. And so what you have to figure out for yourself, right? Not like, again, I love how loving people are that you are trying to rack your brain on how to palette them in your world, right? Well, maybe it's vulnerable or maybe they're really kind or maybe they, you know, they had a bad childhood. So I'm, I'm going to give them some leeway and some grace and all of that other stuff, which is all beautifully from the heart. But my question to you is, is it serving you? Is this individual with all of the energy, it sounds like in order just to get to a relationship of neutral, right? You have to climb up from the depths of hell just to get to neutral. How is this person serving you? Because if I can't understand the value, then I would ask you, why would you? Why would you? And that doesn't mean to not be loving. I can love people as a whole, but I can love you and not choose for you to be in my life because I have big work to do. And that's a lot of energy just to get you to neutral so that we can actually build together, right? And so that's the question you have when you, when you talk about the step one, which is awareness, is ask yourself in your most quiet, uh, connected time where you can hear your inner child, your adult self, and your high and calling, when you think about that person, can you give me the value that this person is bringing to your life? And don't think about it of whether you like them or not. See, that is the ego. When you say, I like this person and I love this person and I, this was a person, that is confusing you. What I want you to ask yourself is how do I feel in the presence of somebody? Grade the love, the care, and the like on how you feel, right? Inward, how do I feel around this person? Stop asking yourself how much you love somebody. That's external. You can't do anything out there. Internal is what you have to. So in this scenario between you and this individual, Ask yourself, how do they leave you feeling? How do you feel around them? What is the value? Because 
maybe it is time to just very kindly remove your energy from them inward remove your energy i thank you very so kindly good, how do, how, is it okay for me to ask yes, another question I, yes, because i want to know how you're feeling how does that feel when i say that well you're 100 percent correct because that's essentially what it is that i have ultimately i had to do and it was not that I didn't explain to them the the wrongness in some of their actions, but I just experienced when communicating with them in persons like them, and I, I do a lot of introspection, and I know 100% that I do. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I know when I am not paying attention to my actions towards someone. And in those situations where I've dealt with people of this character type or trait, and I'm not sure specifically what to call it, but there is really no wrong being done on my end. And I'm not tooting my own horn or anything. It's just that I'm pretty certain that I experienced this and they may be of the persons who don't believe in receiving any counseling or anything, because trust me, I have just because I get the feeling that sometimes I have conversations with persons and they'll say, oh, well, you need to look at yourself and see what you're doing to have all these kind of people come into your life. And I'm like, well, I assure you, I'm not doing anything that is having them to respond to uh, my uh, actions in the way that they're responding. Hang on. Hang on. Yes, ma'am. Let me show you something from a different point of view. Okay. okay. Let me show you what you could be doing differently. If it works for okay. you, beautiful. If it doesn't, just throw it out in the trash, okay? Okay. What I'm hearing, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm yes, hearing is you pointing out for others, right? What, how they are not showing up correctly. You're showing, like saying whatever. Whatever it is that you're showing them as if mm -hmm. you were their helper in the world versus ending things to say, hey, listen, I, I've really enjoyed our time, but I need to do some things for myself right now. And I'm going mm -hmm. to be taking a step back. Mm -hmm. When you start giving somebody corrective criticism mm -hmm. outside of you, mm -hmm. you're creating an energy to attract more people like that versus oh. disconnecting them by saying, I'm not going to give you, I'm not your therapist. You don't pay me that for that. Right. I'm not going right. to tell you all the reasons why this is not going to work from your side. Okay. I'm going to lovingly release from you to state to the world, this no longer works for me. When you okay. end it from it's not going to work from you anymore, you attract a different kind of energy. Okay. Wow. That is something I'm going to have to think about for quite some time so I can work on it and try to move it forward in that. right to you. Right. Does it feel right. right? I want you, okay. I don't want you to use your mind. I want you to use your internal compass. Can you visualize yourself with whoever that last person was just in peace saying, I wish you well, and I'm going to choose myself right now. And I'm going to take some time to do some things differently. And I, but I wish you the best to pull in, empower self and disconnect from the energy instead of trying to fix the energy disconnect mm -hmm. from it okay hmm. okay that is very that's great and 
the acronym that you used before, I know the current one that you're speaking of repeatedly is AWA, Awareness Will Action. But what was the one, I think it had four letters in it that came before, if you if you don't mind. Uh, I don't know what I was saying, but it was probably okay. something uh, from Designing Genius. Because Designing Genius, okay. that's what it, it walks you through this entire process to okay. design what will work for you. Um, okay. Is, A is is the pattern that you have to move through that I was referring to, but I'm sure I said okay. something and I just don't remember what I said. Okay. I thank you very kindly. And then I was wondering if behavior can that be overly overly called uh, bipolar in the effect of the the positive and negative way in which the person may switch back and forth between their feelings of inferior and being superior to others? Is, can that be mistaken as such? I highly invite you to release from that. It doesn't matter why. Okay. It doesn't matter if they're a narcissist. It doesn't matter if they're bar parlor. It does all of that thinking of trying to understand them. You are, mm -hmm. you're starving yourself instead of putting that energy towards you. Who gives a hoot why? Okay. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I don't care why. It doesn't work for me. That's okay. their problem. They have to figure out when they have no people around them anymore what they need to do differently. What you need to do differently is you're spending so much time trying to figure out what's wrong with everybody else. You're starving your soul. Mm -hmm. Put your energy into you. Right. It just doesn't work. That's all you need. It doesn't work for me. Doesn't yes, matter why it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you. Thanks so much. And the program that you have, the grand, the link at the top, is that a, uh, is that, what kind of training is that? I'm interested. <laughs> it, it's a community. So Designing Genius okay. is a whole community of people who have chosen to design their lives for them, by them, and learn the behavioral tools that they need to start doing, stop doing, and swap out so there's no hole in the development. Um, there's a okay. whole bunch of people in Designing Genius. We all have different geniuses, and we come together just to elevate people into okay. one beautiful connective energy for good. We got a lot of work to do because we're going Thank through you. a lot of negativity, but together okay. we rise. Thank but you so yes, much. It, but yes, it is a course. You would be going through a course and designing your genius life and creating a blueprint for yourself. So yes, you should definitely check it out. Awesome, I will, Dijon, thank you. If I can encourage, if I can encourage you, Dijon, um, I can tell you just my experience with it. It will change your life. It will help you look deeper. And the things that, that Amelia's talking to you about, it'll help you uh, centralize and be able to focus on you more than how you've been focusing, giving energy to other people. But definitely, right. you want to uh, do, do that course. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to sign up. I just, uh, I, I receive everything and I appreciate it. I just didn't quite look at it as such because I really just thought that I was evaluating how I was dealing with them. But now I see the shift that needs to take place as far as the way in which it is that I am asking why and I'm not in my mind, not doing the how. And it, I, I don't really know how to pronounce your name, Miss Amelia, but Miss Amelia. Yep. Yep. Amelia. you're always welcome here. We're here every Friday at nine o'clock. That's what we're here for. You are wanted. You are welcome here. This is a safe place. Thank you very kindly. Thank you.
Yeah, and one of the big things, uh, if I can just jump in here for a second, I just put it in the chat, is, you know, we need to have courage and, and enough self-respect to leave the table and respect is no longer being served, right? So, and uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier is that we're always training people how to treat, how to treat us and how to, how to deal with us. So have enough courage to just walk away. And I know that that's, that uh, many times it's easier said than done, but trust me, you will be stronger and better for it. And that's where the healing begins is when you take a stand and you say no more and you just walk away and, 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 and figure out, plan your, plan your exit if that's what it takes, but definitely get away from those people because again, the toxicity will stunt your life and, and keep you from growing. You know, I know people are in there say, well, I grew up with, with a father like that, a mother like that. Let's tell, let me tell you, my father, somebody said my father was a narcissist. Well, I'll, I'm here to tell you my father still is. So this is an intimate conversation for sure. But again, it's about having enough courage to stand up for yourself and plan your escape if you have to, but get out. Um, so, so Tony, I've got another really good question here. Tara, I'm going to tap on you for a second because, again, I just, I got, I just love people. I just, I absolutely love people. You guys give me my biggest chuckles every single day. So the person <laughs> saying to me, Amelia, you're teaching people to be egocentric. You're te teaching them to be selfish. No, I am not. No, I'm not. And then just, just give me grace for one second. You and the energy that you create as you move through the world impacts everything and everyone. The more that you can dial within yourself to get right with yourself and point with purpose and intention of how you want to show up in the world, when you control how you show up in that vibration, it changes every relationship in the world. So I'm not teaching you to be egocentric. I'm teaching you to be responsible for the energy you put off. The more you're responsible for your energy, the less energy other people have to spend in trying to figure you out. So I'm actually doing the opposite of making you eye-centric. I'm dialing you into the universal law that we all affect everyone and everything the fundamental law of nature. All thoughts matter, all things matter, we all matter. And the best way to respect humankind is to be responsible for the energy you put out. So good, Amelia. So, you know, if I can speak to that. Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry, well, sorry. Hang on, I, can I, I wanted Tara to speak to it because her practice, her work and her gift is all in this energy. I specifically use uh, Tara what I need to release from an energy that is causing a bad recipe within me. So Tara, do you just want to kind of speak to that? Because again, what I'm getting in the back chat is you're trying to teach people to be ego. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing yeah, here. Yeah, no, I, I hear what we're you doing. loud and clear. I, I know exactly because we spend so much time together, but I know exactly what you're doing. And it's not from ego, it's from soul, it's from self. And we, we seem to get lost along the way. So I do a lot of quantum facilitation. What that is, is moving those low vibrating energies out of your space. Your ego is not going to lead you to inner peace. It's not going to move you from friction to flow. You're not going to be able to achieve your greatest dreams and ambitions through your ego. You actually achieve all of that in a higher frequency through higher self-awareness and attunement and alignment and this behavior modification. And for the speaker that was just uh, speaking earlier, 
she's in a state and you're so bang on Amelia. She's in a state of suffering and struggling, which I once was. So I can speak to this from experience, like time and time again, when you're in stages of grief and shame, those are the lowest. I think below shame is death. Shame is 20. It's actually measured. There's studies on it. It's measured in your body at 20 megahertz. Grief is 75. Fear is a hundred. Anger is 150. Pride right, which is linked to ego is 175. You want to move into the transformation stage, the heart centered stage, the higher consciousness, which is love and joy and gratitude, 540, 528, 600. And so when you're vibrating really, really, really low, you invite that energy into your space. People come into your journey based off your frequency, your vibration, and they leave as well based on your vibration, your frequency. And so you need to surround yourself with people that are of higher vibrations and you guys will all know what i'm talking about have you ever gone yeah. into a a restaurant a bar an event and you can feel the energy of the room it's like really heavy or you walk by somebody and you're like they have great energy those are the people that you want to align yourself with and people who challenge you people who get you to tap into self stop reading books and looking out there for all of the answers you actually have them within yourself when you're at a higher vibration i hope that helped a little amelia tons and that's why i was trying to get her to focus how do you feel a in response to the people and the things around you and you are correct the lowest frequency before death is shame so when you start the good intention bad outcome but good intention of trying to explain to other people why what they're doing wrong that's called fault finding you're putting your state of a low frequency and it's not even landing on the other side, right? Because they don't believe you. Now you're trying to convince, right? Convincing leads to comparing, comparing, right? Leads to shame, shame leads to death. You're on the wrong energetic journey. What I'm trying to do is spin you around so that you understand what the right next step is. That's why I was saying, can you consider this versus that? Stop trying to figure out other people and start the journey of figuring out your response to things and then ask yourself, how does that feel? That's the purpose of designing genius. You're finding out you for you, right? What you need, what are those ingredients? What are your should and should nots? How do you communicate those to others? What happens? The minute you communicate those things to others, you see their response. You're like, well, that doesn't feel good. That means I need to move myself away from that person versus things that feel really, really yummy. You move yourself towards it. You don't necessarily need to understand why. It doesn't matter why. That feels good. You move forward. That doesn't feel good. Move backwards. And then in your self-reflection, start to take a look at what the pattern is and whether it's moving you closer or farther away from the goals. Your, your thinking plan must come before your tactical plan, right? It must come first. And that's where we have all backwards. Everybody's trying to do tactics and tactics and tactics and tactics without understanding what is the emotional journey. What do I need to understand more of and what no longer serves me in my thoughts? It worked for me before, but it's not working for me now. And so the mind and the tactics must come together. That's what we call it the people operating system. You don't understand how people maneuver and what causes them peace and pleasure. 
then you don't know how to build yourself in order to get that response. And so it's a little complicated, but we broke it down for you. Okay. No, if I, I can just, have, yep, one, can just, we have one minute before we turn things over. Yeah. I'm just going to make a comment. You know, I think a lot of people are just triggered by the word ego and they really go there because uh, so many people are talking about kill your ego. Your ego is your enemy. Your ego is not your enemy. You just got to make peace with it. Don't let them drive the bus, but your ego is important to get to the top of the game. You're, sometimes your ego is important to help you get out and step into the courage to get out of whatever dangerous or bad situation you may be in. So um, it's not about, you know, coming from ego, but also making sure that, you know, you do have a healthy ego as well, because so many people speak against it. And I think that that's a big mistake. So I just want to remind everyone again, we have the amazing David Meltzer coming up. And of course, we, Amelia and Randy and I will be back again at 11 o'clock uh, this morning. So make sure that you stay tuned for David Meltzer. And of course, come back. And hey, Tony, 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 in the meantime, Tony, Tony, can I say one thing? 10 seconds. Yes. May I see? Yes. Don't forget everybody. Click on the freaking link. I was I'm about to say that. And I'm like, how can <laughs> I get to know Amelia and Tony and the crew better? I clicked on the link. There's stuff there. Tony, I'm sorry. I just, I was like, boom, click on it. All, all <laughs> good. That's exactly where I was going. Make sure that you click on the link at the top of the page. Uh, join Amelia and in Designing Genius because my friends live a life by design, not by chance. So with that said, passing it back to Amelia to then hand off to the one and only David Meltzer. Go ahead, Amelia. Thanks again, everyone, for being here. We appreciate you. Back to you. And please, please, please know um, everybody that you see up here on stage that are part of the community, we come here in love. We really, truly do. You are safe here. We truly, truly want to help guide you through. We understand that a lot of you are in a lot of pain right now. This is a safe place. We have a beautiful lineup. We take the... Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.